Let me tell you of the days of high adventure. And this is Six Degrees of Schwarzenegger, the podcast where we take a long, hard look at some of our favorite action films from the era of Arnold. Schwarzenegger is the icon of the genre, and we're taking a deep dive into some of these 80s and 90s cult action movies and breaking them all the way down. Some folks say that Willie Green was the baddest motherfucker the world ever seen. But I want you to hold on to your seat. Hold on to them tight. Because you now get ready to see the story of me. Yes, me. A badass. Don't look So we're back to talk a little bit more about Dolomite. Let's jump back into this plot. So Dolomite is like the world's strongest pimp. <laughs> and he was he was uh, framed for a crime he didn't commit. He was sent to jail uh, by some crooked police and uh, another rival pimp named Willie Green. But now he's been released to try to clean up the streets and clear his name. So uh, he's linked back up with his women. He had just hooked up with uh, a miscellaneous Dolomite girl. And um, he's got some evil police chasing him who want to kill him or just send him back to jail. We're not really sure what, but uh, that's where we'll pick up the story. But here's where it gets weird. It's like, then they cut, literally just cut to another scene uh-huh. of Dolomite, Dolomite, Dolomite getting harassed by the cops. And this is where we meet Mitchell and White. Uh, well, well, not the first time we'd already one met. One of the dudes had, was part of the setup from the That beginning. was Mitchell. Mitchell. Okay. But you meet Mitchell and White again, right? Uh-huh. And they... He like Dolomite's walking to his car now. Is this the next day? Is this like right after he left his girl? Like I imagine he's walking out of his house. I don't know. It could be, but it was never established. It's unclear. It's unclear. <laughs> like I don't even know if he's wearing the same outfit. Like it's just though the the harassment that's happening feels like very relevant to today. Yeah, it's kind of like a he's True. like I haven't done anything, and they're like, oh, you will though. And isn't it weird to see movies that were filmed back in the 70s yeah, that the still problem, have the same right? themes of stuff that's happening today? Yeah, that's kind of that's always kind of weird. I can imagine the audiences for this movie back then, like, have been dying, like waiting for a movie that shows the shit that people are going through. Yeah, like we, yeah, we're used to the police harassing us all like the time. heightened or like dramatized, you know, or mm-hmm. over the top like this movie is. Yeah, yeah. It is touching on real things. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, and I know that they want to get those social issues out there. So it's kind of funny as you see him getting harassed by the cops in this movie. And because this movie was filmed in L.A., and then, you know, you fast forward to Menace to Society or Boys in the Hood where mm-hmm. they're getting harassed by cops. Like it's, you know. It's never changed. 20, 30 years later, same thing, right? But anyway, so (laughs) he's getting harassed by the cops in this film. Uh, uh, Drugs in his car. Yeah, they pull out another sack of cocaine. Uh Like, it's just like so, they even say it. Like, they basically say it. Start snorting it right in front of him. Yeah, and he literally says the good stuff. And he literally says that we're setting you up, right? It's like, it's not. A secret. It's not like a wink. He says, like, oh, we know you think you're smart because you got these flashy clothes in the car and you, and you got all them. He's a, well, the cop says this mm-hmm. is not Kevin talking, <laughs> but the cop's like, you got all these black bitches working for you. And he's like, you forgot about the white ones. <laughs> that's, a good that. ass, that's a good ass. Line. Yeah, that's a that's a good comeback. <laughs> <laughs> they uh 
are basically like, hey, you know what, Dolomite, we're watching you, right? Mm-hmm. And he starts beating him up again. He starts he starts karate kicking him, <laughs> like as they walk away. These are armed police officers. <laughs> he just starts karateing them. So he starts uh, karate fighting these these cops, and he he subdues them. He gets them down, and he picks up the bag of cocaine, and he just like throws it all yeah, over. Yeah, he them. dumps it all over them. Yeah. The last when he's doing these kicks, like some of them are coming nowhere near. Oh yeah, the guys. Yeah, he does like a side <laughs> side view of him missing by like, easily three feet. <laughs> <laughs> I love. And the that. guy gets knocked out. He gets knocked out like that uh, stormtrooper. And, uh, he does, and he beats the dudes up and he's like, that's for fucking with me. And yeah. he gives the same insults like, you know, business born insecure motherfuckers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if then you, he, if you believe the Netflix movie, like a lot of that anger that Rudy Ray Moore had seemed like it was at his dad for like not believing in him. And like that, that rage and that like whole, like you have no mind for business here and mm-hmm. and all that was more about him having some like father issues which was very interesting to me. I don't know. Yeah. I, so is yeah. They never really talk about it. Not in, in the this, movie. Not it, in this movie, but in the in the Netflix. But in the Netflix, the yeah, it's, it's definitely like his dad a, never believed in him. It's definitely a theme, and he's probably abused him too. Like he probably physically abused him. And he him. didn't support him, like wanting to leave the sharecrop in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And try to make something of himself. Yeah, I wonder why they didn't make that like a. And it, maybe he kind of did as as Dolomite is. I guess you can kind of see him as a father figure. I get, uh, like yeah. really remotely as a father figure to the neighborhood because that was the whole reason they let him out. Mm-hmm. You know, is, he's a hero. Yeah. So right, locally. Yeah. It's loosely based to me, the movie uh-huh. um, on like his problems with his dad, his issues with his father. Yeah. Um, so after that scene, <laughs> <laughs> then it cuts to the church. Then it cuts right? to the church and the <laughs> cops are completely fine. They don't have like Coke residue yeah, all the over same, them. Same policemen walk into the church and they're trying Mitchell to like, and white. And the, the preacher was kind of, before they came in, he was giving like a political type. Yeah, thing. he was definitely like giving and like making a political, like making political statements, like almost like a black panther is getting away with breaking the law, but people in the neighborhood can't get away with yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, you know? fast forward like to now, Walker, right? Yeah. He talks, he specifically says Nixon. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy how the issues back then are just the same issues we have now. Right. Totally. Um, so, yeah, so he's giving this speech and then he sees the cops walk in and then he totally mm-hmm. reverts to like a, a regular Christian sermon. Yeah. sermon. <laughs> and they're like and they're like, cut the crap. We know what's going on. Uh-huh. Uh, we need to talk to you. Uh, so they take him to the, the back and he's like and the, the preacher's like, well, I don't. What are you guys talking about? I don't know what's going on. Everything is on the up and up here. Uh-huh. And they're like, OK, well, what's in this this uh-huh. This trunk here, this crate right here. Oh, they were just a gift. It's like full of machine guns. <laughs> yeah, it's full of guns. Um, he's like, well, those are for the big man. Yeah, yeah. And so as soon as he says that, the cops are like, oh, okay, which we know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Who this character hasn't been introduced yet. Not yet. But th- they're like, oh, okay, so what did you see here? Oh, I didn't see anything, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, it's almost, but the, the reverend keeps talking about well, as soon they keep asking, like, do you know where Dolomite is? And the Reverend's like, well, I don't. But as soon as I see him, I'll let him know that you're looking <laughs> the for The Reverend, him. I feel like he's trying to play both sides. Yes, that's what I was going to. That's what I'm trying to get to is like, you can't really tell what side the Reverend. I guess the Reverend's just looking out for his best interests. Right. Because he he's is, on his own side. Yeah, he's willing to like work with the bad guys, but he's also willing to work with Dolomite. Yeah. So it's that kind of ambiguous, like Christian thing where I'm just a good person and willing to work both sides of the room, right? <laughs> I don't know if you can say that preacher was a good person, but we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. We'll, t- we'll hear more about him later. But now we got 
the character of the creeper. Yes. <laughs> slash the hamburger pimp, they call him. Yeah, yeah. And he's at the hamburger shack or whatever on the street. He's He's trying to order a hamburger, but he has no money. So he reminded me of Wimpy from uh, Popeye. I'll he, gladly he reminded me of Bubbles from The Wire. If you watched, ever watched The Wire. I didn't Wire. watch The Wire. But like just a smooth talking dude, but mm. totally strung out. Mm. You know, um, but yeah, he's saying, I want a hamburger. I want some fries. Mm-hmm. And the lady says, we don't have fries. You know that. What kind of, what kind of hamburger stop? Doesn't have fries. Doesn't have fries. Exactly. That's one of the more far-fetched things in the movie. <laughs> Out of everything that happens in this movie, <laughs> the fact that they don't have fries in this place is right? the most outlandish. And this awkwardly like produced, you can see either the, there's a spotlight or like a, a reflector that they're using, but the light on hamburger pimp's face is like moving around. I'm not even kidding. I bet you they used a mirror. I, I guarantee they used a mirror to it's like a very flash bright a light in his face. On his face. And it's yeah. like only on him, which is what makes it stand out so much. Like if it's they had just moving as yeah, like, yeah, like trying to follow his face. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if they had just lit up the whole airspace, then this wouldn't be an issue. But they decided to just put a spotlight on his face yeah. just to. It's, I think they were re- reflecting the sunlight back onto his face. Like I would imagine. Like, so like I said, we said this guy, Nicholas, uh, Nicholas Sternberg yeah, yeah. was the director of photography, which this is such a low budget. I'm sure he was in charge of lights too, but he went to film school, right? The, to me, I, well, I think they were doing their best in the Netflix movie. You get the, the director saying like these, these white kids don't know how to light black faces. Cause mm-hmm. you know, and you could, maybe that's, they're trying to explain a little bit of why some of the f- scenes in the film don't look good. Yeah. So I understand that I do, but there's a basic rule of lighting and flashing a <laughs> moving, moving spotlight in somebody is that just makes no sense. Right. As you said, though, this dude, the, the, the creeper gives one of the better like performances in the film. He, he really, if you could give out Academy Awards for being junkies, this guy uh-huh. would win hands down. So he hustles the free hamburger. But I guess what we should say that. Oh, wait. Um, this is, again, another p- part of the charm of this movie is that they needed somebody to play a junkie, right? Mm-hmm. So instead of going out and getting a real actor to play yeah. a junkie, I think they literally found a guy on the street that was a junkie. This was performance like, was too good. And like, hey, can you play this role? Now, he's so good in this role, though. Like, he nails all his lines. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder if he was like an actor, like in another life that became a junkie. I don't know. There's a few little bits like that in the movie, different characters that I'm like, this person gave a really good performance. Like some of, uh, some of Willie Green's goons. Yeah. I thought were really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, that to me, I know I kind of wanted to say this later, but I'm gonna say it right now. To me, this is one of the more frustrating parts of this whole movie. I, we love it. Right. It's a yeah, yeah. good, bad movie. But there are some nuggets in here of like a really good story. There's some nuggets of like really good acting in this film, yeah. right? There, it's just if they had more money to throw at this, you could see where this this would be like a great movie. Or yeah. maybe it, maybe it wouldn't. You know, yeah, that's a reach. I don't know. But, but that's the thing. Like maybe it would. Maybe well, if you they can had, see there's some talented people working on it. Yeah. So maybe if they had made like a good movie, like technically, yeah, you would never have the charm of it kind of like shots right. like seeing the cameraman in the in the shot or <laughs> seeing the boom mic in the shot you know yeah. you wouldn't have that that charm of the movie so it's it's a tough you know it's like one of those things where you can never tell what's going to turn into a meme you know it's kind of yeah, you yeah. never can tell that it factor 
there's nuggets of good stuff in here, but I if love they the had charm actually, of this movie though. Yeah, like, if they had pulled it off, would it have not been as popular as it was? Would it have just been another movie that we'd never talk about? I think I think it would, yes. Because there's a million probably mediocre movies that came out in the 70s that you don't talk about. You had, it had to be really good or really bad to stand out. You know, otherwise you're just in the middle of the middle of the road. Yeah, so it's almost like what was the the, the movie that came out recently? The Room, right? Like that yeah. dude had like a couple million dollars as uh-huh. his budget. But do you think that he was like, well, in his mind, look, I'm not going to make a great movie here. So if I can make a movie that's so bad, it'll make me famous. Like, is that their mindset? I don't or know. Do I think he thought he was making a good movie. I think Rudy Ray Moore thought he was making a masterpiece. Well, I mean, I think he knew it was funny, but he didn't know it was going to be so so like amateurish and seeing as how they don't I mean this is really the equivalent of a bunch of teenagers with a cell phone absolutely filming a movie over the like weekend trying to figure it out as they go along yeah mm-hmm. yeah so yeah it does have that feel to it yeah but these are professionals or yeah. as professional as you can get <laughs> so we got the creeper he he hustles himself a free hamburger mm-hmm. and then he's talking to the next dude up in line and he's talking about like you know, this is sweeter than bear meat. And I don't even know what that means. But I feel like I've heard Tracy Morgan say it before mm-hmm, on the thing, too. Mm-hmm. Does that phrase have any meaning to you? He says it like three times. Uh, he's talking about the. He seems like he's talking about the woman. Yeah, I was, was going to say, I'm he's sure like, he's talking about the girl. Like, she's married, too. He's like, sweeter than bear yeah, meat. Yeah, I'm sure he's talking about the girl. I don't That particular one doesn't mean I, anything to me. It makes me laugh, though, so much. And then, uh, <laughs> oh, shit, this is another random thing. Like you said, this movie feels like just a bunch of skits. Mm-hmm. Where the dudes, a whole group of guys approach Dolomite when yes. they get out of the car and they're like, is that you, Dolomite? Prove yes. it's you. This guy comes out and like, hey, I made this bet with these guys that we didn't really believe that you were Dolomite. Which, again, like, what did they see him from afar and make that bet? <laughs> like, it just comes out of nowhere. I don't know. And so Dolomite's, Dolomite's like, like a legend, right? Yeah. yeah. Like a legendary pimp. So, yeah, I yeah. guess if you had established that, oh, hey, we hadn't seen Dolomite because he had been in jail all these years. Like, maybe uh-huh. do a shot of the guy's. Like seeing him from afar, like walking yeah. across the street. I don't know, you know. It seems like the thing he's doing is more like the sh- kind of shtick he was doing on the albums. Yeah, he and he, like it's just sort of sort of like talking jive. Yeah, 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 almost or whatever. Yeah, no, he definitely was like put me put the scene in this movie. You I don't care some time. I don't know where. I don't know how. I'll just put the scene in this mm-hmm. movie somewhere. But it, I guess it establishes who Dolomite really was. Like yeah. that was really Dolomite. And he's and, he, and it is funny as hell. And he's cracking the guys up. But it just. In the scheme of the movie, it just makes no sense because it literally no, comes no, out no. of nowhere. I mean, that everywhere from where where Willie Green goes to the parlor, to the uh-huh. massage parlor, to up to about this point, it's just a series of scenes in a movie <laughs> that don't connect, uh-huh. but they're all great scenes individually, you know? Yeah. Um, Dolomite ends up walking up on the creeper. Now, here's the funny <laughs> thing to me. Um Dolomite's looking for the creeper, right? Yeah. He's, he's yep. physically out there looking for the creeper, but it's the way that scene is set up. It's like they randomly run into each other, right? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's like they just kind of randomly. The guy sort of pretends, the creeper pretends like he doesn't know who Dolomite is. But well, he's, he's like, probably jumped off, up. Fuck you up. But it's like, it's almost like they bump into each other. Not like Dolomite actively goes towards the creeper. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I guess that's a little thing, but. I think Dolomite offers us some money if he'll, if he'll. Give him some information. Yeah, or get, get some smack or something like that. Yeah. yeah. But in this scene, 
another technical thing is you can clearly see a boom mic in this, like clearly, I mean, not even hiding it. And I'm not sure how you saw this movie. I watched it on Amazon. It's watched free it on, on Amazon. I watched it on Amazon also. Yeah. But apparently there's another edit of this movie because I think they... Well, a different aspect ratio. Yeah, right? they had like a, a different, different aspect ratio of this film, right? Where you can see more of the boom mic. see more of the boom mic, see more of the people. You can literally see like cameramen like the in the shots. The film was shot on versus the finished product, but... Which like you don't see that in a viewfinder? Like... Well, I think they knew that when it when it goes to widescreen, that won't be included. But then some of the cuts of the movie were not. They used the full film frame and so, you see the boom mic. So I, I, I but don't then know. There's this. definitely some where the boom mic is even dipping in. There's some the shots where the cameraman's in the scene. <laughs> like, how do you not see that? Right. <laughs> like, I don't understand that. Like, I. Again, I'm, I am a very novice filmmaker, but to me, it's like what you see in the viewfinder is what you see in your frame, right? Well, like I mentioned before, on the on the Netflix movie, there's some scene where the director of photography comes to Rudy Ray and says, hey, we're out of film. We've shot every little inch of film that we have and we need more money to buy more film or we you know, we can't continue. We, you don't have to pay us, but we can't make a movie if we don't have any film yeah, yeah. in the cameras. So I think they were having to just whatever take they got, like, oh, yeah, have no, to use it. Absolutely. No. But yeah. again, I understand that part, but I don't understand <laughs> how you're looking at your viewfinder and don't see the cameraman <laughs> sitting in the frame. Like, I don't understand that. Like, oh, man, I don't oh, understand, wow. like, if you're... You said the director might have been drunk. <laughs> well, yeah, well, the director was totally drunk. Yeah, Durville. But, that, but that's not on him. That's on your cameraman. That's on your director yeah, of photography. true. true. So I, I don't understand that. I, I just... That baffles the mind to me, like... And I understand, like, well, we don't have a lot of stuff to work with. Like, if you shot that, then that's what we're going to... The editor of this film must have just lost his mind, right? Because mm-hmm. he was like, well, I can't put this scene in the movie, but I don't have <laughs> anything else to put in the movie, right? Yeah. <laughs> They're trying to put together a movie, but they don't have all the scenes they need. Yeah. Almost, you know? And this is all I have to... So, like, fuck it. I'm just going to... I wonder, like, what's the... Um, when a director doesn't want to, an Alan Smithy. Oh yeah. Alan Smithy. Like <laughs> they don't want to be known. Like I wonder if the editor. Should name off it. Yeah. <laughs> don't even include me in this. Right. Dolmite meets the creeper. They have a little back and forth. And it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think the, and I'm not sure if this is where he says it, but the creeper has like a line where he says, I'm so badass, I kick my own ass twice I wrote a day. That same thing down. He's like, Yeah, I'm so bad I kick my own <laughs> I, ass. I'm so bad I kick my own ass twice a day. I mean, there are just gems of. He's like, also talking lines. about like how, oh, since you went away, drugs have gotten so expensive, like that honest people like me have to <laughs> steal purses, <laughs> snatch purses. And he's like, Honest, huh? Yeah, they're just great. <laughs> lines in this movie like it's like halfway real and halfway funny i think it's meant to be comedic yeah it's almost i think that they when they were filming i think do ruderay more when he was filming this he was like i want this to be like a real film with a little bit of comedy in it right with some social comment yeah with some social comment and yeah but yeah. i wanted to be real and it comes off like a austin powers like i'm surprised there weren't sharks with laser beams in this film. Like I, I just, I'm surprised that scene's not in this movie because it's just so over the top. So then what happens? Uh, 
works. Creeper takes Dolomite back to like this crack den where he's yeah. staying, basically. He's yeah, shooting, he's straight shooting heroin. Yeah, oh yeah, he's and 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 again talking now about. Now you tell me that he was like a real junkie. Well, I don't think that he. I mean, because they kind of cover it up. Yeah. So I know what you're saying. Like, it, I guess this is the acting part of Creeper. Like yeah. he like he has the needle up to his arm, but it, he kind of covers it up. So it, like you don't see the needle going into his arm. Yeah. Right. Right. But the fact that this is like another movie that that almost renders this whole thing with meeting the creeper insignificant as he's about to tell him like who killed little Jimmy. Yeah. And then a couple of gunmen just burst in the room and kill creeper. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about social commentary, like right before that, um, uh, Dolomite says, Hey, look, you know, I've known you a long time. Uh, I've seen you shooting this stuff up a long time. And if uh-huh. you keep doing that, it's going to kill you. He says something really funny, actually. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to quit. I'm, this is my last hit ever, right? Yes. He's going to say, after this one, I'll stop. Yeah. After this one hit, I'll, I'll never do it again. Yeah. And then these two goons just bust in the room and, and shoot, shoot Creeper, right? And, of course, Dolomite's behind the door when they, when they bust in. So he gets to drop on these two guys and he... He karate's them both up. Karate's right? he them and... Kung Fu and takes them both down. Takes he kills them down. Them, he I takes... I think he kills both of them. He definitely he shoots, shoots one, one of the guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the two the cops... The same dirty cops The same everywhere. dirty cops run in. Now, <laughs> in real life, don't you think... Dolomite should have left. Yeah, he was just waiting. He was <laughs> like, like waiting was, on him. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know how long it took those cops to get there, but let's say 15 minutes, right? Yeah. He's just waiting in the room. He's still, still just sitting there, right? And he just like, lets him put the cuffs on him. Doesn't fight him or anything. Uh, these are two guys he's, he's he just asked, beat up. He like just earlier beat up. today, probably. <laughs> and he knows had framed him. Uh-huh. They had framed him earlier, and he just lets them, you know, cuff him and take him in. So that was that was a little... I don't know. It, it was just weird. Like, it didn't make any sense in the movie. The whole lot of this movie doesn't make any sense. Then we get to, we're at the church and this officer Blakely walks in, played by Jerry Jones. Yes. Who was like the screenwriter mm-hmm. of this along with Rudy Ray Moore. So according to the Netflix movie, Jerry Jones had been doing like a lot of. He was like a playwright. Like a, a lot of plays and in, was in writing the L.A. Very, area. Like, like serious drama, mm-hmm. like the plight of the community type of. Yeah. So that where so all the social commentary comes so in. And then like on Rudy Ray Moore, when he came to sort of recruit him, help me write a movie. He didn't want to do it because he didn't want to be associated with like this sort of exploitation, lowbrow yeah. stuff. But he said, well, we can put all the social commentary stuff in there, too. And that sort of brought him on board. And you can clearly see the difference in like the the parts where Rudy Moore is just like jiving with people. Yeah. And then the seri- more serious parts where there's like the social commentary, like, you know, going back to where his nephew's killed. And that's the reason that they're letting him out of jail. This dude, Jerry Jones, is like a good actor as well, though. He was one of the better performances, I felt like, in the film. So yeah, he did have a strange mustache. This yeah. guy, this mysterious guy, his name is Blakely. He introduces himself as like a police officer. As a cop, right? Yeah. So he goes in and he goes to see the reverend, which the reverend, I think this is a, <laughs> a great scene. He's because, in bed. Because he's in bed with one of his parishioners, right? Like I, older I, woman. I imagine it's one of his parishioners. Big woman, older woman. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's that whole kind of like... The, the reverend is like a good guy on the pulpit, yeah. but then you get him in the back and he's like <laughs> sleeping with one of the, his, uh, he tells her to go like hide in the back room. Yeah. 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 And that, that chick was like really new too. Like I thought was interesting. <laughs> like, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, basically Blakely, this is this character's name. He confronts Gibbs and he's like, like, who are you working for? Are you on the side of the big man? Or are you on the side of, of Dolomite? And, it, this is where it, 
I, it's hard to explain this movie because scenes just end, you know? <laughs> yeah. So he's basically he's like, well, who well, Blakely you? Blakely sort of calls him out on his hypocrisy. Yeah. Like who and are you working for? And he gets for? rough with him. He sort of smacks him around a little yeah, bit Yeah. But well. then he just walks away. Right. Yeah. He just leaves. And okay. So that's the end of the scene. There's like no resolution to the scene. It, yeah. It, it didn't further the story at all. Yeah. Then we're at the back at like the brothel, I guess. And there's sort of like a couple of girls are about to fight with each other. Probably like one the, of the most season. misplaced scene. There's another one I can think of, but the most misplaced scene in this entire film. Is this one? This one right to me is okay. this one right here because it means nothing to the film. Like they're talking about one of the girls have been stealing from the other girl or yes. something like that. And then they just tell her we and don't she gets called out. Here. And she's like, whoa, 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 like, give me your money. So, like, give me all your money. Uh-huh. And she she does. It's like, bitch, you've been stealing from here. You need to get the fuck out. And then it just cuts two Dolomites in jail. And that scene led to nothing. But yeah. Why was that scene in the movie? Just to fill the time, I guess. The movie is not that short. Like it's some, an hour and a half. It's an hour and a half. Yeah. It could yeah. have been an hour 20. <laughs> they didn't need that scene. <laughs> it could have been an hour 25. They did not need that. Like, not at all. I, I can't. And maybe we're fast forwarding here. I can't think of a reason that scene was in this movie. Like they, they never, shot it. <laughs> That's probably why. <laughs> Is that why it's in it? It's like, we have this film footage, so let's put it we in. Filmed it. Like, doesn't that, wouldn't that have made more sense? There's somewhere else they could have put it, perhaps. Like before he got out of jail. Before he got out of jail to establish that now his. Things are chaos without him. Yeah, his the whole thing is breaking down. Like, uh, why was that yeah. scene there? Yeah, it's <laughs> I'm getting a little lit here because I'm like, it's frustrating me. <laughs> we got to move on. We yeah, because it's like, it. I, like, why? I, please, universe, please tell me why this one <laughs> four minute scene was in this movie. But yeah, then it does. It just awkwardly cuts back to Dolomites in jail and, and Blakely comes to see him there. And Dolomite basically doesn't want to talk to Blakely. Like, yeah. It seems like he's not a snitch. Yeah, yeah, basically. yeah. And right? Blakely's like, okay, well, well. And then they're like, oh, Dolomite, you made bail. And it's like, how the hell? This dude just beat up a couple of cops. No, and maybe murder, killed somebody. Murder two people. Beat up a couple of cops. <laughs> got framed for drugs. Killed two people. And then he's just like out on bail. He's out on bail. Now, yeah. they do explain it later. Yeah. But much later. It makes no sense. Yeah. In the, in the moment. Oh, but we got to mention that uh, Blakely knocks over that domino players. Dominoes. <laughs> yeah, just like for no reason whatsoever. He just to, he was just to be a dick about it. <laughs> so and then like, he, yeah, this girl Pinky is yeah, out there waiting so for him. In a, really, in, a, in a Corvette, right? In a hot car. Yeah, know? yeah. So, like a stingray. Yeah. So this movie, for however much it costs to make, and I know it made like $5 million on its initial, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe... Two hundred thousand dollars, maybe. Yeah, is yeah. How much I would spend that much or less. Yeah, but he has some nice cars in this. So he had like that um, that car that, that uh, Corvette, the one that Willie Green drives, the, the one that Willie car? Green was driving. That I don't know what that was, but it was. I don't know. It was a high end, it's yeah. like a Lotus or something. Yeah, that's something yeah. exotic. Exactly. It, yeah, it could have been a Lotus because it looks just like a Double um, Seven's car. Yeah, it was yeah, nice. Yeah, but um, so. Yeah, Dolomite, for whatever reason, he's happy to see Pinky, even though he knows well, Pinky, Pinky works was, for Willie Green. Well, Pinky was the girl His earlier. chick. Yeah, early in the film, when uh, Dolomite first gets out of jail, they had mentioned that one of his girls left. Yeah. This was Pinky. That what do you think he was like his whatever, his like his main, main one of his main girls? I think so, yeah. Breadwinner or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So but um, weird, then he goes and he sleeps with Pinky. Yeah. And he right? sort of he rolls on top of the girl and they start kissing, and then it's a hard cut to the they're finished. 
Because she's yeah. like, they're out of breath and like, whoo. Yeah. Whew. All right. Well, Dolan, you're, you're the best man ever. Basically, yeah, the best right. lover ever, right? He sleeps with Pinky. Then after. That's the one. They're professing how much they care for each other and everything like that. And so Dol- after they're finished sleeping with each right, other. She bailed him out because she loves him so yeah. much. Yeah. Pinky, Dolomite's like, wait a minute now. I know that you work for Willie Green and you're bailing me out. So something's kind of fishy here. He says he doesn't trust her, basically. And she calls him up like a bitch. Yeah. And then he just forces himself. He gets mad. He's like, I'm going to fuck the shit out of you. And she did not seem to want it in that moment. I think she did. Well, she did once it was started, but it did seem like he forced himself on her kind of violently. He smacked her in the face. And then I think he still, I think she still... I think I think that was what they were trying to say. Well, it's like the, that he's such a powerful lover. Yeah, that, like every, almost like it's like a James Bond. It's like, like James every Bond, woman wants him. Yeah, like how he takes um, uh, Pussy Galore, right? Yeah, he just takes her. This is what he did. He just took this woman, Which, right? You can't really do that scene in oh, 2019 dude. or 2020. Whatever, <laughs> you can't do that scene then. But they did it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, I think they were trying to establish that he's such a powerful sexual lover that he can just dominate this woman. Mm-hmm. Like uh, kind of like uh, Austin Powers where the, the film bots, yeah. like it, he's got such a sexual prowess. Even though like <laughs> visually just looking at him, you can't, you don't see it. You can't. Yeah. You know, like it's just some something there in his own mind. <laughs> um, now, next up, I guess it's then like the next day. It's just another like one of these hard cuts. Yeah. But he's talking to the girl shy on the phone. Him, like, hey, club. meet me at the club. Mm-hmm. Meet me at the old club or whatever. And give me the key. He wants so, to, He's looking yeah. for a key. So they cut to the club and it's just like some girls dancing on stage, like auditioning, I guess, mm-hmm. for a couple of dudes. When shy walks in, they're trying to say, well, you're our star. Like you got a job here if you want it. And she's like, no, I'm just here to meet somebody. And they're like, oh, OK. Oh, who? <laughs> <laughs> and then Dolomite walks in and starts sort of smacking the well, guys. She's around like, a little she's bit. like Dolomite. Uh-huh. And, and he's get... and he's like, do- and they're like, Dolomite, what are you yeah. talking about? And he's literally standing right behind her. He walks in and sort of starts strong arming the guys. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's his old club. That was his old club. That was his club. Yeah, that was his the total experience. That's his old club. So he just walks in. He has the key. He walks to his old office, and they're all like, "Well, what? You know, well, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this." Uh-huh. And he, of course, he does it. And he, he walks into he his wants, office, yeah. and he cuts up the carpet, and he like takes the key, and he opens up a, a safe, and he takes out some money. And got, he, I guess the fifty thousand that he owes. He basically uh, pays Willie Green, Willie Green off um, yeah. to. Buy back his club, right? I like what he says. I want him out of here in 24 hours, and 23 of them has already gone. One of the, like, well, I don't know why that line's not more iconic. Like, why are we not saying that line like we say, no, I'm your father? Like, yeah. they, to me, <laughs> should be on the, the, really? Um, that's a great line, man. Yeah, it is a, it's a tough that is guy a line, great, you know? great, like that, you're right. That, like, People should be doing throwbacks to that line in movies today. Like, I don't know why they're not. Maybe because they just don't know this movie that well. But that's a that's a great line. It is. It's, I mean, <laughs> there was definitely like Rudy Ray Moore had a way with words. A presence to himself. Yeah. yeah and like the I mean, the insults mm-hmm. to the, you know, the tough talk and a lot of the things he says is just like. It sticks in your head. Well, he had that hardness to him. Like, I, like, like uh, again, I said he was born around the same time as my grandparents. That people growing up during those those days had to have, you know? Like, yeah. that hardness that they had to have growing all up. all the shit they had to put up exactly. with. Exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, he, out. like, um, 
there was like a bluntness to the way he delivered his lines. Like there was just like a way he said it. Yeah. That was like, he did seem like a tough, he, d- he did a good job to me of playing the tough guy. Cause it's like, he came off as a dude that I would not want to mess with. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. We wouldn't want to fuck with Dolomite. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think then when he's telling him to get out, one of the dudes like whips out a switchblade and Dolomite just beats up all three of them. Yeah. Like yeah. he's, he lays them all out, whatever, and yeah. then he leaves with with Shy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then it cuts to Willie Green comes walking in, and the guys, one, the main guy, wakes up kind of, and he tells him, uh, "Dolomite and ten other dudes came in and they beat us up." <laughs> and Willie Green's and Willie Green's like, Green smacks him around. He's like, ten other guys. You he knows are you lie. for real? Like, yeah, yeah ten yeah, other guys yeah, beat yeah, us yeah, up. Yeah. It's he, like, <laughs> if you ever lie to me again, I'll kill your ass. All right, so Willie Green's come in and he smacked his boys around or whatever, showing that he's maybe the the second strongest pimp in the city. Um, and that seems about as arbitrary a point as any to take another break. But we'll be back next week to pick up and uh, continue this the tale of Dolomite. Mm-hmm.